It's my pleasure this morning to introduce our speaker for the United Methodist Women's Sunday, Sylvia Cusa. I've known Sylvia and her family since 1972 when they came to FUMCO. She's been involved in many aspects of the church. She has taught Sunday school and has been very active in the music program. Presently, she sings in the choir and is director of the handbell choir. She has also subbed as organist. Sylvia has been president of our local organization of United Methodist Women. Currently, she is serving as president of the South District of United Methodist Women in the CalPAC Conference. Please help me welcome Sylvia Cusa. Good morning. I stand in this pulpit today very humbled to give the message for United Methodist Women's Sunday. Thank you, Sandy. And thank you, Pastor Bill and Pastor Jerry, for supporting me in this activity by sharing your pulpit. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dateline, March 23rd, 1869, Boston, Massachusetts. Mrs. William Butler and Mrs. Edwin Parker, wives of missionaries in India, were home on furlough. They spoke to a group of women in Boston. Only six women were present because of an intense storm. Mrs. Butler told about the desperate spiritual and physical needs of women in India. No woman or girl could be seen by a male doctor. Schooling for girls was almost non-existent. Trained and dedicated women were needed for medical and educational work. The six women who were present felt this need and responded by calling another meeting of women, writing a constitution, and organizing the Methodist Women's Foreign Missionary Society, WF. MS. By November of 1869, the newly formed WFMS raised $300. This was enough money to send to India an educator, Isabella Thorburn, and a medical doctor, Clara Swain. They raised this $300 by collecting pennies. Isabella Thorburn began a school with six young girls in Lucknow, India. This school has now expanded to include the Isabella Thorburn College, the first women's college in Asia. Dr. Clara Swain began her medical work, which resulted in the establishment of the first women's hospital in Asia. Almost 150 years have passed since the establishment of these two institutions, and today, both are still serving the people of India. Legacy number one. And now, almost 150 years later, and several name changes, remember the name WSCS, Ladies' Aid Society, Wesleyan Service Guild, Ladies' Home Missionary Society, to name just a few. Today, there are over 100 international programs and projects 
supported by United Methodist Women, and 98 national mission sites in the United States. They are diverse in content and nature, but they are all committed to improving life physically, psychologically, and spiritually to those they serve. That's a total of almost 200 mission sites directly established, operated, and supported by the United Methodist Women. Four of these missionary sites are located in our own California Pacific Annual Conference. Toberman Neighborhood Center was established in 1903, originally in Los Angeles. In 1937, it moved to its present location in San Pedro, California. Today, it offers educational and social services for all ages, kindergartners to seniors. The David and Margaret Youth and Family Services Center, located in Laverne, California, was established in 1910 as the first orphanage in that area. Today, its focus is to give youth that do not have a good family support system a safe place to live and learn life support skills for themselves. Its name, David and Margaret, is in memory of the parents of the founder, a Mr. Henry Kunz. The neighborhood house of Calexico, California, was established in 1938 as a settlement house to assist residents of the border community. Women in the Calexico area at that time saw the need and responded to the call. It is still an active and thriving mission site. In their recent December 2017 newsletter, they reported that they gave Christmas gifts to over 700 low-income families. The majority of these gifts were donated by many local United Methodist Women's organizations. The Susanna Wesley Community Center in Honolulu, Hawaii was established in 1903 to effectively address the unique challenges facing the Asian immigrants coming into Hawaii. In the early 2000s, this center sent a delegation to speak at a session of the United States Congress on the problem of human trafficking that was greatly affecting those Asian immigrants. Human trafficking is still a major problem, not only in Hawaii, but all around the world. Pastor Bill has made arrangements with a major spokesperson working in this tragedy of human trafficking to present a weekend workshop here at FUMCO later in the year. Mark your calendars when those dates are posted. These four national sites just mentioned, Legacies 2, 3, 4, and 5, were established through the power of people hearing about a problem, coming together to learn more about it, and finding ways to improve, change, or abolish it. Dateline, 1903, Los Angeles, California. A small group of Methodist women felt a need to establish a hospital in Los Angeles. It started with five beds in a two-story home on Hewitt Street. In 1957, Methodist Hospital moved to its current 22-acre site in Arcadia, California. It is now a nationally recognized and accredited 300-plus bed hospital. The women of our local church collect money each month to support the chaplaincy training program run by the hospital that attracts students from all denominations and faith traditions. In 2017, Methodist Hospital was rated in the top 2% of all hospitals 
in the United States in hospital care and safety. And the only hospital in Los Angeles County to receive a five-star rating from Medicare for overall hospital quality. Just this last Monday, Florence Towers and I attended their auxiliary meeting where a check for over $103,500 was presented to their foundation from the sales at their gift shop. Yes, you heard it right. Over $103,500 net from the gift shop, organized and run by United Methodist Women. You are always welcome to attend their auxiliary meetings that are held in January and September at the hospital and there is always a tour of the hospital offered after these meetings. Methodist Hospital, legacy number six, came about because a small group of women sensed the need for a hospital and responded to the call. Dateline, September 1873, Orange, California. The Reverend William A. Knighton established the Methodist Episcopal Church at 161 South Orange Street, Orange, California, a part of the 1873 Richland Circuit. We know this church today as the first United Methodist Church of Orange, fondly, fondly called FUNCO, and I list it as legacy number seven. In our church's almost 145 years of existence, what legacies have been established in the city of Orange from our members? In 1924, an ecumenical men's Sunday school class held in this church felt a need to help the children of the migrant farm workers working on the farms in the area. They took the initiative to establish the Friendly Center to provide some educational opportunities for these children, legacy number eight. Today, the Friendly Center not only continues to provide education programs for children and youth, but is also a family resource center. It has expanded and thrived under the dynamic leadership of one of our church members, Kathy Selig. Several members of our church currently serve on the board of directors, and some others do a variety of services for Friendly Center. And men, you can be involved in this ministry. There is always a need for tutors, mentors, and many honey-do types of jobs. Just because this is a women's Sunday service doesn't mean that you men cannot be a part of all this legacy business. In 1974, Judy Reynolds, one of our church members, sensed a need to find more ways to help the senior community of Orange. The establishment of the Orange Senior Center grew out of Judy's passion, desire, and efforts. Today, this center, legacy number nine, impacts the lives of hundreds of seniors on a daily basis. The Orange Senior Center also runs the Meals on Wheels program through its facility. What legacies have we, the members of First Church Orange, been gifted with through the vision and courage of earlier church members? The Fellowship of the Wayfarer program is one. It was started in 1965 by leaders in our congregation who saw a need to develop opportunities for the gradual discovering of our Lord in people's lives. This annual spiritual growth retreat held in the San Bernardino Mountains 
has touched many lives over these last 53 years and continues to touch the lives of youth and adults in our congregation. Several other United Methodist churches in Southern California have embraced this program and now join the Fumco Wayfarers at their annual retreat. Legacy number 10. Legacy number 11 is another type of spiritual retreat weekend that is open to not only all the women in our church, but any other woman who would like to attend. It was started in 1986, 32 years ago, and is still going strong. It is a time of personal reflection, discussion, inspiration, relaxation, great music, fun, and sometimes crazy fellowship. Our next retreat is coming soon, February 23rd to the 25th, and sign-ups begin today in the patio. Talk to any woman in today's service for more information on this retreat, and take an extra registration form to share with a friend. The Quilting Guild, legacy number 12, had its beginning in 1984. It was started by one of the saints of our church, Mrs. Irene Sparks. Over these last 35 years, more than 1,200 quilts have been made and donated to the various homeless shelters and other service organizations, not only in Orange, but throughout the Southern California area. Another part of the Quilting Guild's activities has been the making of baby bibs from usable parts of old terry cloth bath towels. One of our current church members, Mildred Mallincrott, has made hundreds of these bibs that have also been given away. The Quilting Guild ladies meet every Monday morning in the Education Building, and new members are always welcome, and Sandy Wilson can tell you more. The Prayer Shawl Ministry was started in 2005 by another saint of our church, Nancy Longyear. After reading a book from our UMW reading program that outlined how this supportive community took shape in another church, Nancy was inspired to make these prayer shawls to give to people in our congregation in special need of prayer and comfort. Over the years, other ladies have joined in the knitting and crocheting of these prayer shawls, and one today is in the narthex of our church. Some have not only been given out in our local area, but several have found their way to other countries around the world. This meaningful, supportive ministry, legacy number 13, is continuing under the capable leadership of Nancy Teigen. In 1985, two members of our church, Ramona Kent Blair and Marie Klein, attended the United Methodist Women's Quadrennial Annual General Assembly in Columbus, Ohio. They came back to Orange with an exciting idea they learned about from other women at this assembly. It was called a cranberry tea, legacy number 14. We continue to hold this very festive and much anticipated social event every year on the first Sunday of November. It continues to strengthen the bonds and supportive fellowship among our women. Have you ever read a book, a newspaper article, or seen a program on TV that makes you say, someone should be doing something about that. Well, maybe you are the one that should be finding a way to do something about that. I'm challenging you, both men and women here today. There are still legacies to be started in First Church Orange. Do you hear the call or feel a strong need? 
One of our youth, Natalie Martinez, an acolyte serving today, heard that call about two years ago and started the Mariposa Ministry as a way to collect and pass out personal hygiene products to homeless women. It is an ongoing project. There is a collection container for these feminine items in the narthex of the church. It is there every Sunday. Support Natalie in this legacy number 15 ministry by continuing to fill that container. Dateline, January 28th, 2018, Orange, California, legacy number 16. Who is going to start it? As the Apostle Peter wrote to the Christians scattered throughout the Roman world, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What will be the next enduring legacy from our congregation? Who will have the inspiration and courage to attempt it? Will it incorporate this mercy Peter has written about? Only you and God know the answer to that question. May it be so. Amen.